day and he went back to what he knew. He went back to fishing. So, Jesus goes to Lake Gennesaret. And he just happens that he goes to this one spot where Peter and Andrew and James and John have been fishing all night. And uh, they didn't catch a thing. Any serious fishermen here? Oh, I've got, got, got a several hands. Jackie, you're not going to raise your hand, huh? We're not, we're not really serious fishermen. You know, we fish for a few hours and we don't catch nothing. We're packing up our tackle box and heading home. That's the truth. But these guys were, they're all in. They fished all night. So it's early in the morning and, and they're cleaning their nets. Frustrated. You don't want to get around a fisherman that's fished all night and caught nothing. And here Jesus is, is right there at the shore. And the multitudes are pressing in. So that Jesus steps into Peter's boat. I, I don't think Peter was very happy about that. But he says, would you put it a few feet from the shore? And, and Peter does it. And he sits down in the boat. And he begins to teach the multitude. But let me get... He had compassion for the multitude. But you know, they brought their popcorn and their cotton candy. And they were looking for a miracle. Maybe they brought their glass of water. Maybe a turn it to wine. They wanted to see. But he was there for four fishermen. You know, he wasn't there for the multitude that wanted to see the, the signs and wonders. He was there for four fishermen. He was pursuing Peter once again. So he sets down in the boat and he begins to teach the multitude. And uh, he gets done with his teaching and he uh, says to Peter, let's go out into the deep water and cast your net for a catch. And Peter's just got done cleaning his net. So he says to the Lord, Lord, Master, we've fished all night and we caught nothing. Nevertheless, to your word. He was saying, this is useless. You're a really good teacher, possibly a prophet. I'm a fisherman. I know the waters. <coughs> Nevertheless, what you say. See, that's, that's all we need to do. We need to, we need to do what he says and not question it. So Peter does it. He goes into the deep water and he casts the net and he catches so much fish that the net begins to break. So he calls John and James over, help, help, so that they fill both boats and the boats begin to sink. Now I want you to picture it in your head. It's filled up to their knees with fish in the, in the boats. He's overwhelmed. They're flopping around. He's never seen anything like this. He knew there was something special in Jesus, but... When he saw that, he knew this was not no ordinary man. This was the Messiah. This was God. 
had filled their boats. So he gets to shore and he falls down at Jesus' knees and he says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, Lord. See, that's the way you and I need to come to Jesus in repentance, realizing who he is. Because when he saw the boat sinking, it began to sink into his heart who he was. And Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I want you to think about it a moment. When, when, I, when I was thinking about this, it really tugged at my heart. See, all I have to do is follow him. He'll finish that work that he begun in me. But I need to follow him. I need to cling to him. I need to... Cling to the vine. And he says, I will make you. See, he does the work. They begin their three and a half year journey with Jesus. And you know the story. Several times Peter couldn't wait. He had to respond. But I thank God for Peter that he was the one that would step out. When uh, Jesus uh, was sitting with his disciples before his crucifixion, he began to explain to them that he would be arrested and uh, that he would be taken away and that they would scatter. Remember, Peter says, Lord, even though all of these others, they scatter and, and, and flee, I will never leave you. That was truly Peter's heart. And Jesus said, oh, really? He says, even if need be, I will die for you. And Jesus said, oh, yeah, really, Peter? Before the night is over, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Peter thought, no way, Lord, I'd never do that. In fact, Peter, let me tell you, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Gang, if you are serving the Lord and you are pursuing him and you want to give it all to him, let me tell you, Satan wants to sift you as wheat. We have an enemy that hates you because you love God. And he will do whatever he can do to stop you from serving and, and loving Jesus and telling others about him. And he says, but I prayed for you, Peter. I prayed that when you are converted, that you would come and strengthen and gather your brothers. You know, uh, after he was uh, crucified, uh, they were torn up. And just as Jesus said that night, Peter denied him three times. How did Satan sift Peter? 
He sifted him with a little servant girl by the enemy's fire. Oh, aren't you a Galilean? Aren't you one of his followers? And he began to curse. No, I do not know him. And the cock crowed and he caught eye with Jesus. And he was crushed because he began to weep and he departed. He was crushed. It was important that Jesus restore Peter. It was absolutely. But that sifting was important. That was vital to Peter being who God wanted him to be. He needed that in his life. You and I need those testings and trials that you and I go through because God is making us and, and molding us and, and refining us in God's fire. He is perfecting our faith. Now, when uh, Jesus was crucified, they were devastated. And Mary Magdalene was the first at the tomb. And uh, she went in and, 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 and she was brokenhearted. And Jesus appeared. So Jesus told Mary Magdalene, go tell my brothers that you have seen me and that I am risen. Well, they didn't believe when Mary went to them. But Peter got up and he ran to the tomb, didn't he? And John lets us know that he was a little faster runner. So he beat Peter to the tomb. Little, little information. I'm faster than you, Peter. But John doesn't go in. He steeps down and he looks inside the tomb. And he sees the grave clothes as though Jesus had vaporized, vanished from it. It wasn't a robbery. And Peter rushes in as soon as he gets there. And he runs in the tomb and he sees it. Well, Jesus appeared to the disciples several times. But Peter was never the same. He did not feel worthy to, to serve the Lord. So when, when Jesus told the disciples to wait for him, uh, John says, Peter says, I'm going fishing. Now this wasn't just an ordinary, I'm grabbing my fishing pole and going fishing. He was going back to what he knew. Jesus had to go pursue him again. And they fished all night and caught nothing. A lot of times we look at that old life and we think, oh man, I remember all oh, those days. The sea breeze flowing through my hair. <laughs> Believe me, I remember. <laughs> you know, and uh, the salt water, the, the smell of fish in the air. But that life stank, gang. And they didn't soon realize as they're sitting there and they got nothing to talk about. They were not doing what the Lord told them to do. See, the disciples, when they heard Peter say, I'm going fishing, they said, we're going with you. So Jesus calls from the, from the, the shore and he says, hey guys, you got anything? No. Throw your nets on the right side of the boat. You know, everything that Jesus tells us is right. And uh, they caught so many fish, but this time the nets don't break. 
John goes, it is the Lord. Peter doesn't wait for any of them. He can care less about the fish. He jumps in and he's swimming to the shore. I'm going to him. But it says nothing that he ran over and gave Jesus a hug or anything like that. He got to shore and was probably afraid to approach him. But he needed to be by his side. You know what I mean? And uh, they brought the net and, and Jesus has got them breakfast cooking. He's got fresh bread and fish cooking by the fire. Bread and fish from heaven. And he says, guys, bring some of your fish. Add to our breakfast. And they had eaten until they were full. And then Jesus took Peter aside. He said, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Now we really don't know what that these is. I believe it was the fish. I believe it was the boats. His career. Do you love me more than this? Or... Peter, do you love me more than these disciples as you, as you said you did? And Peter says, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter says, Lord, you know I love you. He says, tend my lambs. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Lord, you know all things. You know my pride. You know everything about me. You know that I stumble and I fall. You know my heart. You know that I denied you. There's nothing hidden from you about me. He goes, Peter, feed my sheep. That feed my sheep is love my sheep. You love me? Love my sheep. And then he says, Simon, when you were young, you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, they're going to stretch out your arms and take you where you don't want to go, signifying in which way he would die. And immediately Peter says, well, what about John? Ain't that the way we are in our flesh? We're constantly looking at other people in service. We're looking, well, what about him? And why is it? And we got our eyes off and we're sinking in the water again. And he says, don't worry about him. You follow me. He didn't get the point that, Peter, you're going to finish your race. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And when you are old, you are going to glorify me with your life. See, that's all you and I can ever hope to do is glorify the Lord in service. And when he, Peter wrote his letters, he said, I am but a bondservant of Jesus Christ. You want a promotion? You want a title? That should be on our things. Servant of God. 
a bondservant of Jesus Christ. That's all we could hope to be as a servant of all. I want you to turn with me to uh, 1 Peter. First Peter chapter four, verse seven. Peter was about to glorify the Lord with his life. He knew that just as the Lord had said that he was going to die for the Lord. He says, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins. Love does not hide sin. But when we gather on the mountain like this, love covers. Haven't we been covering each other in prayers and covering each other and confessing to one another our shortcomings? See, I look at Peter and I see Fritz over and over again. Because a lot of times I speak from my heart. But sometimes my brain isn't engaged. And I've had to come behind and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Huh, Jackie? And, And that was Peter. But he was now a fisher and a lover of men. He loved these guys that that he was teaching. And he says, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Do we grumble? Do we take our prayers seriously? I tell you, one of the most neglectful things in the church today is our prayer life. You say, we're going to get together and pray, and, and it's one or two people. It shouldn't be, because I'm telling you, that's where the victory comes from. You and I being serious about our prayer life. I'm telling you, every victory that we are having over in Jerome, Idaho, is coming about by prayer. Because we got serious about our prayers. And God gets the glory, and God gets the victory. And He says, now you're getting it, guys. Because I want to give you everything. I want to give you the blessings. I got so many blessings, but you guys got to get on your knees and pray. Do me a favor. Turn to 2 Peter. I knew I was going to struggle with, with, with 20 minutes. Okay. Thank you, Jackie. And you know, uh, uh, chapter, uh, first, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. He says, Simon Peter, a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Man, he finally get it. You know, the Lord had chiseled away all that pride and all that stuff and all that grumbling in the upper room of, about position and, and stuff. And Peter was just, here I am, Lord. I'm just a, a servant of yours. That's all I am. And he says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the the knowledge of God 
and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life, godliness, through the knowledge of Him who has called us to glory and virtue. Man, guys, uh, the, the power that is available to us as the body of Christ. We have that resurrection power now. And He wants to give us His Holy Spirit to take down mountains. And see, Peter got that. For when they were finally obedient and waited in the upper room for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, they seen 3,000 souls saved that day. He says, but which have been given to us exceedingly and great and precious promises. What is that promise? I will make you fishers of men. He said to the disciples, listen guys, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Put your faith in me. Follow me. In my Father's house are many rooms, many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. That's our destiny, gang. We have eternal life now. See, that's what Jesus was, uh, was saying to Martha. He says, those that have died and believe in me, they will rise again. And Mary, uh, Martha said, I know. He says, but those that are alive and believe will never die. You know, Peter wasn't afraid at this point. He knew, man, that, uh, that uh, to be apart from here is to be in the presence of the Lord. He says, and may be partakers of the divine nature. You and I are being molded and made into His image. We are being perfected in Him. And He will not quit until He has finished that work He has begun in each and every one of us. Just like Peter, he was about to meet the Lord and he was finally what the Lord had said that he would be. A fisher of men. And he says, but also this very reason, give all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, knowledge of self-control and self-control, perseverance and perseverance, godliness and godliness, brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness, love. See, we, sh- we can't be satisfied with just being saved with, with, with salvation. And a lot of us sit at the sidelines and we're watching the race go by. We're watching the runners and we're cheerleaders. Go, go, run the race, yeah. But we're not in the race. We need to engage. We need to take that faith that the Lord has given us, this Amazing grace that God has given us. And He has made us stewards of this grace. That we may, as we have received grace, that we may give it out. He says, add to your faith. Pursue virtue. That's holiness. Why holiness before knowledge? 
Because we need to put it away like Peter did and fall down before him and say, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Repentance. And then knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. Man, it's not a 50-yard dash. It's, it's a marathon. And we want to run our race to the end. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. Be careful, gang. What I see a lot in churches is that we do what's comfortable. We, we gather in little circles of our buddies. And we have little cliques. Because that's what's comfortable. We gather with guys that fish. And we gather with guys that hunt. And guys that we relate to. And we forget the newcomers that are coming through the door. And the broken and the lost that are coming in. And need love. Brotherly kindness. Need to be brought in. Welcomed in. We need to get out of our little comfort zones and move around and love those that need love that the Lord has brought. Because if you don't, the Lord will bring somebody else. They won't stick around your church. They'll go out and find someone else. Or they'll go off and perish. And to brotherly kindness, love. And I want you to get what Peter says. Therefore, brethren, let's take it back at verse 8. He says, and if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Gang, we will, if you add these things to your faith, you will bear fruit. And Peter was speaking from experience. And he says, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness as has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Don't be short-sighted. Don't be blind. Don't think that you can have one foot in the world and one foot in holiness. You and I need to put away the things of the world. You and I always need to ask, does would, the, would I want to take the Lord there? Would I want to watch this movie with the Lord in the room? Do I really want to watch that on, on my computer? You and I need to put away those things that take our eyes off Jesus. Off the wind and the waves and our brothers and, and the things that, that take our eyes and, and, and make us sink. And he says, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and elect sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Man, underline that. Circle that in your Bible. I tell you, That's why they call me Fritz. I fall a lot. Not in sin, but I seem to uh, attract objects, get hit by trucks, <laughs> fall down mountains, get bit by horses, thrown, thrown from a motorcycle. 
I just uh, got done with an operation on my shoulder. But see, Peter knew stumbling and falling more than anybody. See, he did get out of the, he did get out of the boat. He said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come walking on the water. Now you gotta give it to Peter because no one else got out of the boat. They're going, oh, Peter, I'm not, oof. <laughs> the storm's raging and he's crawling out of the boat, but he walked on water. But it wasn't long before he looked at the wind and the waves and he began to sink. So he had to come into the boat wet. Man, that must have crushed his pride. He had a moment of, yeah, victory. And then he fell. When Jesus said to the disciples, who do men say that I am? Well, they all had an answer, didn't they? Prophets. Uh, Some say the prophets and some say Elijah. And some say John the Baptist come from the dead. Who do you say that I am? Chirp, chirp. Nobody spoke up. Silence in the room. But Peter spoke up. And he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Bingo, Peter, you got it. For man did not reveal that to you, but the Father in heaven gave that revelation to you. Did you hear that, guys? Wow, God spoke to me. But it wasn't three verses later that uh, uh, he had to be rebuked. Get behind me, Satan. Oh, see, if we pursue virtue, if we pursue knowledge, see, God has given us his power to do these things. Peter wouldn't say these things if they weren't to are available for us to add to our faith. He says, add to knowledge, self-control. Add to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and above all, love. He says, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, Peter had great moments of victory, great moments of, 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 of faith, followed by great defeats. And he says, you add these things, you will never stumble. That's his hope and prayer. Seek these things. Pursue these things in your walk and you will never stumble. Let's stand and pray. Lord, I I, I thank you uh, for your word is uh, true. Uh, Your word uh, never comes back to you that it doesn't work that work in our hearts. That it doesn't complete what you send it out to do. Lord, I pray, uh, Lord, that we would leave this mountain uh, changed men, but changed by you, touched by you. 
Lord, that you would, uh, you would be the one that pierced our hearts. That we would pursue you, Jesus, and you alone. Lord, that we would keep our eyes off the distractions of, of the things around us and that we would see you before us. That you would be the object of our affection, the object of our praise, the object in which we pursue. We give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Are we live? Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, Lisa just asked me if you guys would, uh, before you leave, if you, if you just take your sheets off the beds, for those of you who had beds you were sleeping in, uh, and leave your mattresses here if you stayed in Shiloh, so you can't take them. Anyway, okay, so this morning we've got uh, a blueberry French toast, um, and I always wondered what the white stuff was. It's not uncooked egg. What it is is cream cheese, and it's fabulous. I just had a piece, so... And I lived. So we're going to have that. And I, I made uh, more bacon, sausage, a uh, nice big fruit bowl, yogurt, and juice. And that's everything. So um, that's all. And, oh, Jackie, did anybody want to pray? You want me to just pray and we'll go? Okay. Well, Fritz, just, okay. Lord, we just thank you for this new day. We thank you for your word that is true. Thank you for the word that came forth this morning as I thought about 